0: This week on A Lively Experiment, they are on the front lines of local government. What are the issues facing the mayors of three Rhode Island communities?
1: A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by...
2: For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John Hazen White Jr., and I'm proud to support this great
0: program and Rhode Island PBS. Joining us this week, Cranston Mayor Alan Fung, the Mayor of North Providence, Charles Lombardi, and Johnston Mayor Joe Policina. Hello, everyone. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving and welcome to one of my favorite shows of the year, the annual Mayoral Roundtable. Throughout the year, we talk a lot about decisions at the State House affecting local communities. This week, we get to hear about those effects straight from the elected officials on the front lines. I was looking at last year's show Joe, I told you this, we were talking about the Evergreen contract, you were worried about it coming forward. And Alan, I know you weren't with us last year. Now it's come and you guys, there was always a big discussion, what could you as mayors do? Now you filed a suit. So take us through why. And let's talk about the effects of this. I know all of you have had private discussions on this. Why is this such a big deal in the communities?
2: Oh, it's a huge deal. And for us, all of us, well, the sitting here or many uh, town managers, town administrators, we've had enough. Enough is enough. And we had to punch back by filing that lawsuit against Smith Hill, the governor, speaker, Senate president, because when you're tying our hands by having these continuing contracts, lifetime contracts on the worst parts, the wages and benefits, so those pensions, health care, you know, everything that uh, rises astronomically, it is tying our hands to manage effectively our day-to-day operations and most importantly, it's costing
0: the taxpayers and that's why we, you know, are doing what we're doing. How did the negotiations go? I had gotten word that some of the unions knew that maybe they were going to have a little bit better chance this year. Did you get any feeling of that? In, now, you, have, you don't have immediate contracts coming up, right? Yes, I do. Oh, you do?
1: We're, we're, as a matter of fact, we're in a contract dispute now with the uh, municipal workers. Quite frankly, um, I was able to obtain a letter from th- then the, the union president, and we were trying to negotiate with them, and the letter stated, I'm paraphrasing, but I could get you a copy of the letter, there's no need to rush with the contract now that we have Evergreen. Wow. So, uh, you know, it, 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 as, as the mayor said, it's uh, it's very difficult now. It's, it's it's a difficult situation. Quite frankly, uh, it really ties our hands. And it uh, you know and you know what bothers me though when, when elected officials who are proponents of this saying, well, you don't have to give any raises while you're you know negotiating. You do because if it takes me a year or two to settle a contract, they get retro. Well, and then the health
0: k- plans are going up. That you ha- in effect, if it freezes, you have to pick up the increase exactly. in the health
3: costs. Exactly, Charlie. So just, just think about this, you, you sign a contract, uh, Jim, on July 1st of 16, and you enter into that agreement based on the information that's before you, finances, health care, all the benefits, and the economy, knowing or thinking that that contract's going to expire on June 1st of 19. Now what they're telling us, it's not going to expire. And I think the problem we have here is there needs to be a finish line, and there's no finish line at this point in time. And it's going to be uh, make it very, very difficult for us. And in the end, Jim, who pays the taxpayers? Your good friend and
0: former colleague, Mayor uh, Angel Tavares, has taken on this case. You're a lawyer, and I've tried to, I'm not a lawyer, but I've tried to figure out, so what do you argue this on? Because the courts have been very hesitant to overrule legislation by the General Assembly. And you guys, so you guys know that already. What What is it based on, and and why do you think you guys will prevail? This is, you know, when you're interfering in contracts,
2: and that's the biggest thing, contractual obligations that we all enter into. And by the way, we do it fairly. We sit across the table. We negotiate with the unions. And, you know, all of us have treated employees fairly because we try to do what's right because, you know, uh, in order for us to have the proper service for our residents, we've got to also make sure that our employees are compensated fairly and treated fairly. But what is frustrating is when these contracts have no end in sight, especially on costly financial benefits, you know, it's not right. You can't tie our hands that way and you're interfering with our rights to contract and also at the local level. So we're making the argument that it's unconstitutional, violates that contract clause in the Rhode Island Constitution. And as a second argument too, what's the point of having home rule uh, at
1: the local level when everything's getting jammed down our throats from Smith Hill? So, I, I, obviously, I agree with with my colleagues a thousand percent. But I, I'm not a participant in this lawsuit, and I'll tell you why. It's based on principle with me. Uh, I agree. It's a, it's probably the worst piece of legislation that's ever come down or come out of the state house. I agree. I think it's the financial uh, death nail in the coffins of the cities and towns. But let me tell you why that. We didn't decide to participate. First of all, I, I, I couldn't look my counsel straight-faced and say we, we have to spend money to, to file a lawsuit for the Evergreen and we're going to join the other cities and towns. And there's two reasons, excluding the two mayors that are here. About 30 communities, and I can understand Boroughville doing it, 30 communities put resolutions in saying that Johnston shouldn't sell water to the...
0: Uh, On the Inventory. the yep. So,
1: so uh, first of all, I'm from the old school, gym. Mind your own business if it doesn't <laughs> affect you. And then the other thing was, quite frankly... When I challenged National Grid, it took seven years. and On paying for the lights. On paying for the state, uh, on state street roads. lights on state roads. We ended up obviously being victorious. And now, by me doing that, I think my colleagues will send me Christmas cards now, uh, everybody wins. So now all the cities and towns do not have to pay for street lights that are on state roads. And we basically, uh, we, we come out in front, fought that, and... And I didn't ask anyone to come and join me, but I'm sure if I did, they would come, but really... Um,
0: so if they win, you'll uh, reap the benefits, and I don't think anybody well, begrudges
1: you No, then. like I've said before, if they, if they win, I win. If they lose, I still win as far as the taxpayers. So I couldn't go to the council saying, okay, we're going to have to come up with X amount of dollars. and Look them straight in the face, especially after the Inventergy issue, when, when 30 communities, 30, excluding the two mayors that are sitting here, excluding their communities, put resolutions in, against... Johnston selling water to advantage. Just quickly
0: on this, it's not going to happen quickly though, right? It's state court or do you think that they can fast track this? Do you think there's a reason to be able to get it on the docket sooner rather than it's later? It's going to
2: take a little bit of time because we're not asking for an immediate temporary restraining order right. because, you know, we're at different stages of when contracts are going to be due. We are not going to have any contracts that are going to be coming up that are impacted for a couple of years. So that's why it's going to play itself out we are gonna go through the discovery stage and make whatever presentations that we need and get to the bottom of what is really the root cause of tying our hands, and that's that General Assembly and what went on
0: up there. All right, there's been a lot of talk about regionalization, shared services, and a lot has been going on maybe out of the public eye, Uh, Charlie, I know you have some uh, things going on with Pawtucket, but you already have some shared services that people might not know about with Johnston. Tell me me about that.
3: We do. Uh, Joe and I entered into an agreement some four or five years ago uh, with animal control. Uh, We share the same animal control uh, facility that just happens to be in our town, Uh, Joe's employees and ours. About saving money. We've uh, um, uh, partnered in the CDBG grant uh, uh, fund program. Uh, We've partnered in uh, the sweeping of our streets. Uh, And we're talking about other uh, issues also. And uh, as you had stated, you know, this is to me, I think regionalization of services is our salvation for every community. Um, but it's been
0: so hard. It it, why been. is that? Why, Joe? Why are people well, hesitant think, to get? Yeah, into I that? think
1: people think that, that they're going to obviously lose jobs, and that's not what it's all about. I think it's becoming more efficient. So, for instance, I know that he's partnering partnering with uh, Pawtucket with a dispatching. We can't do anything yet in Johnston because we still have a contract in effect with the firefighters. I have four firefighters that are in uh, dispatch. As
0: opposed to civilian with you, right,
1: Charlie? Co- yes. Correct. And then I have I have three civilians and three police officers on each shift. So when their contract runs it, obviously we'll sit down and we'll talk to them uh, and we'll see what goes on. But I think it's, it, it's very difficult because I think the unions think they're gonna lose positions. I'm looking saying, if I don't have to buy computers, in radios, and I can go in North Providence, I save the taxpayers money, and no one loses the job. Listen, I will say this, and I can speak for the, to, to, to my two colleagues here. No one wants to put people out of work. That's not what we're all about. I think the mayor said, Mayor Fung said it earlier. We want to make sure we hire good people, make sure that obviously they get a decent wage, decent benefits. Nobody wants to put people out of work. And you
0: may do it through attrition at some point,
1: right? Well, yeah, we, 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 we do that, but still, you still need, I can't say to, to the male and body, okay, uh, you can take over my dispatching, and I'm not sending you any help. I can't do that. I have to make sure that I have the help to go there. So it's saving on the administrative stuff, the equipment. That's what all helps, and it all adds up.
3: Charlie. Well, I, I will tell you this: that ironically, and I, and I agree uh, with Joe. Uh, it, uh, points I want to make. You talk about the Evergreen contract. What they're saying to us is, you have the opportunity to lay off employees. No one wants to lay off employees. Yeah. That's, That's, and if the I last was, resort. if I was a paying member of any one of those uh, uh, bargaining units, I wouldn't be paying them any law. If you're saying, let's just lay them off. Right. But the other side of the coin with this issue, and there'll be a public announcement, I don't want to see too, too much. It, is, it wouldn't be fair to Mayor Grebian, by the way. But, We're going to be hiring five additional full-time dispatchers. So no one's going to lose a job. We're going to to be creating five additional jobs. So, you know, it's... The unions, at some times, they have no clue, and they just fight to justify their existence or try to justify their existence. What about Cranston?
2: You know, Cranston, we've done a lot of regionalization, too. You know, when Scott was mayor of Warwick, you know, we were serving uh, a lot at the senior center, the food uh, going there. You know, we looked also at dispatch um as well and other different uh departments so we're always doing it. in fact all of us these three communities and other communities have combined on healthcare purchases so that nice. we're always looking for dollar savings but Char- i want to get back to one of charlie's points that hits home for all of us no one wants to lay people off that's not a good solution because when you're laying people off with the contracts that we have you're laying off the least senior person that most um you know the, the graduate, the graduate, go. got out of college and yeah. is teaching right now on the front lines, trying to start, a, you know, her, or his, or her career and starting a family. No one wants to do that, you know. And the worst part about all of this when layoffs do come, it's usually during the tough financial times when we need the flexibility to get concessions mm-hmm. off of these contracts, and that's why that contract, uh, lifetime contract bill is so bad. You know, We try to do whatever mm-hmm. we can efficiently so that we're still providing services.
1: In, in fairness, and I had said this when we met with the governor about it, and I said, I said quite frankly, you're gonna be next because the municipal workers have the evergreen. Now, it, in all fairness, if you want to be fair, the state workers are going to want it.
0: And then her hands the, are going to be tied or well, whoever's in that absolutely. seat. Absolutely.
1: So that's, I would assume that will be next. And rightfully, if I was a state worker, I'd be really upset saying, listen, I want the evergreen just like the municip- the cities and towns the municipal workers have it. So I'm a state worker. I want to also have that.
0: Another issue you've talked about, Charlie, more recently is, and you feel very strongly, you've had some issues with the school department, about the concept of the town because you own it on ultimately tax cre- increases and everything else. You've sp- spoken publicly about the town really should have control of the school department. Now, I know there are pros and cons on that, so let's talk about that. I don't know how your colleagues feel, but let me know what you're thinking is. Well, I
3: can, at this uh, stage of the game, I can speak for myself, and I'm, hopefully my colleagues will agree, but think about this. Uh, the school departments, they were autonomous. And as far as I'm concerned, that law needs to disappear because at the end of the day, It's the mayors, managers, administrators, and the city and town councils that are funding school department uh, activities, so to say, and education. So they run a deficit. We got to pick up the tab. And in the end, I keep telling them, my name goes on a tax bill. And the more we try (laughs) to encourage them to do more or less, like we try to do on our side of the budget, it's like, well, you're going to have to pay for it anyway. Two examples I want to give you. Took me five years when I came to the town. I'm looking, the school department has a maintenance department. We have a maintenance department. I'm saying, hey, wait a minute, excuse me. Whether it's a firehouse, a schoolhouse, the town hall, uh, any building in town, all the money to maintain those buildings comes from the same place, the taxpayer's pocket. Took me five years to convince the school department we need one maintenance department. First year, first year we saved 240,000 then that brought us brought us to IT we have one IT department that takes care of every building and every office in the town and we saved the first year on that about a hundred forty thousand but now no one's complaining work is getting done whiteboards are being hung for a third of the price we're getting so much done and that's why I keep saying that look we've tried to regionalize when in our town but I think the big picture here is for us to do whatever we can to regionalize services among ourselves. How practically could that work in Cranston, or is, it, is that that's a really tough
2: road to hoe? It's a really tough road, though, because of our hands are tied, because of our city charter. I cannot even do joint purchases with my schools because of that charter. You have to get a
0: charter change. Exactly.
2: And actually I recommended a charter when change. What was last to that time effect? you
0: had a charter commission?
2: Uh they're actually meeting right now. Are they
0: mandated every certain number of years every or 10 just, years? Okay.
2: Yeah. So uh, we have got to do that. Did you because, say
0: Psst, maybe yeah, you want to
2: look at that absolutely Oh, there's a lot of financial things that I put forward, you know, in that charter review commission that um I testified to probably a couple weeks ago because that's definitely one. Anytime uh, as mayors, town administrators, you're looking for efficiencies. Don't tie our hands. And I think that's the message we have, whether it's that lifetime contract bill or just operating within just our Just get own, out of the way. Get and out let of us the way. Work. Let us do it, because we can find fit. We're all business guys. We all know what we're doing. Charter problem? Uh,
1: yes. Uh, we The town council and the mayor cannot get involved in the day-to-day activities of the school department. We stroke them a check, and, and that it is what it is. But I'm very fortunate, as they say, that I have a very good school committee I work with. However... Uh, I get blamed for the bus being late. If the kid gets detention, they come after me. And and when you explain to people that the mayor has nothing to do with the school department, they look at you like you're lying to me. No, we're, we're being honest with them. So I would like to have a little bit more, and I don't want to use the word control, but a say perhaps, but Right now, my school committee and I, we get along very, 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 very well. We but work it may together. not always be that way. It may not always be that
0: way. I mean, Charlie, I, but what, what about devil's advocate uh, to say, look, there really should be a division because you're, you're a town administrator. What do you know about the schools? We should have a division.
3: I, I, I say uh, my answer to that is very simple. I, I'm not questioning their uh, educational capabilities. That's their job. But when it comes to managing the funds, especially in the administrative staff, I don't even want to get into. You're not recommending
0: the summer reading list? Is that what you're telling me?
3: (laughs) I don't even want to get into the money that's being spent in the offices. Yeah. But,
2: yeah, Jim, one other quick thing, too. You know, we're talking about here locally, but the bigger problem is this you also have the state driving down mandates, whether it's on the, uh, here with the lifetime contract on the city side, but particularly in the schools. Yeah. It's ridiculous the mandates that our schools have to live with. We're paying the bills on that. That's why we want a little bit more say, control, working yeah. together, not fighting, but working together with the schools on this. You lot
1: can't of these deal things. with ride. Let me tell you why. We, we've been finding students that have been illegally put into the school system. They do not live in the town, and quite frankly, the law is, if you catch them, let's say I caught a person now and they unequivocally did not live in the town, they have to stay in the school until uh, January. But then they challenge it at Ride, and Ride usually works in the false. So, what I've done is with the homestead is. You put
0: that in three, four years ago. Correct.
1: Homestead Homestead exemption. exemption. If you have the homestead exemption and you give a false lease, then basically we're allowed to charge you, uh, Joe Policino, if it's Joe Policino or Jim Hummel or anybody, we charge you for the education of of, uh, educating that child for as long as they're in the school system. I've had people say, so what are you going to do if I don't pay? Easy. We're going to put a lien against your property, and your house will go for tax sales. So that hopefully will stop those gets people. Gets their attention. Well, it gets their attention, and the people in Johnston love what I'm doing because they don't want to see, listen, we're obligated to educate our children they in Johnston. They don't want to pay for the person from one socket f- From anywhere, any from any city or town. So we've we've done that, but it's very difficult with RIDE because they'll, they'll file, uh, obviously, an appeal, and RIDE, of course, people from RIDE, they don't live in Johnston, what do they care, and, and they rule in
3: favor of the... Children
1: that are illegal in the school system. Charlie, you got the knowing nod going on over there.
3: (laughs) So, we've had a couple of issues in the last uh, year, and um, we knew of a couple of uh, um, special ed kids, by the way, and they cost you money. So, can't catch them. I said, that's simple. Put a camera up on the pole in front of their house. So, we put a camera up. You did that? Absolutely. How'd that go and we the proved to ride, but I'm one of the I'm telling you the story because what Joe's saying, we went to ride and showed them a movie. <laughs> that, What'd they say? Then they
0: finally we got their attention, but it was a little bit of a challenge. Joe, you need to do joint purchasing with Charlie on the cameras.
1: cameras. All right, yep. see if you can get some more. <laughs> we, we, well, we've had people follow these people, take pictures yeah. where they come from yeah. out of Because it's a lot of, of the city. A, they drop they money. drop the children off at a bus stop. And then they head back to another community at yeah, Connecticut. You <laughs>
0: talked about, we talked before the show about, you've had some issues with red tape from the state. Tell me about uh, the business trying to come in and DEM. You yeah. and this is where it's frustrating because a lot of that,
2: Charlie's, <laughs> <laughs> Charlie's dropping because he knows what's going on. Every time we, all three of our cities. Give me that a lot example, of the off, right? Yeah, is coming in. million development in that central heart of Rhode Island, Garden City, Chapel View type area. That's going to be a great project because it's going to be the first one in New England. Now, we're working with them. We're waiting for the application. But they're also jammed up at DEM because there's a little wetland issues. They made changes to their plans. But it's held up over there. I had to get on the phone to talk to Janet Coyt, who I love. She's wonderful. We all have a good relationship. And Janet's telling me, Unfortunately, I don't have the bodies to be able to get to your application everyone else that's, you know, going through. And it's not right. The dollars that are going to a lot of these departments, and I promised Janet, I'm going to go up and testify on your budget. You need it. DBR needs it. All of these Where's other the touch $10 points, billion
0: dollars going? Exactly. I know you've had a few thoughts about that over oh, the these years. These press
2: people dotting all <laughs> these departments,
0: they got to go.
2: You
3: need the frontline workers because this is business development,
2: too, and cutting through the red tape.
3: He makes so much sense when he says that, uh, Alan. The we need to be business friendly. Locally, we go out of our way to put agreements together for businesses. And but when you got to deal with um, a DEM, and I keep saying they above all try to justify their existence. And it's not doesn't come from the top. Yes, could it be straightened out, probably, but. I mean, take someone like Janet Coyte. She can't, she doesn't know what that fellow is telling us. Well, it's going to take three weeks. No, it shouldn't take three weeks. In the meantime, the business guy is going, I'm going to get out of here. Who wants to put up with this? Give you an example. I'm from small business. Well, before you know it, we used to have our boiler uh, inspected once a year and maybe $100, I think it was. That was twice a year five.
1: I did the story on that with Link Chafee. That's why he changed. Go ahead. So DEM, I have to say, I think two of the best directors that uh, the governor has is Janet Coit and Terry Gray is the assistant director. Believe me when I tell you, they get things done. Unfortunately, it's the people below them that tie things up. For instance, I've got a 1400000000 400 million in new business. Now, I've got two major, 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 major businesses that want to come into town. And right now, one of the major businesses is being tied up through DEM. Now, Terry Gray, I have to tell you, Terry Gray and Janet Coit, they're excellent. You can call them any time of day. They're working on it, but what happens is the people below them, they tie things up. I I don't know why they do this. We're not business friendly. And i got to tell you, I've said it many times to the leadership on the House and Senate Tide. What they need to do is they need to file legislation stating that DEM cannot change their regulations when the General Assembly is on recess, because that's what they do. And they just make it much more difficult to jump through the hoops.
3: I basically think they just need a reorganization yeah. They need to well, they lost a, dedicate those. They've lost a lot of people. A ton of people. <laughs> <laughs> and Janet
1: as I said, Janet and Terry Gray, I've got to tell you. You've got go to go to war with
0: the army that you have, and unfortunately, Absolutely. they don't have
1: enough troops. Right? And, and Absolutely. That's,
2: and that's a big problem. I, uh, I agree with these guys. They've got great leadership there. They just need more bodies to help. Can process these applications
0: going through. Right. Uh, We've got a couple other things I want to get to, but you know, it wouldn't be a show without an outrage or a kudo. Did you bring one Charlie are you outraged or happy about anything
3: I'm happy I'm happy <laughs> with my good health <clears throat> that's what I'm really happy about as far yeah. as the outrage I mean I don't know it's uh where do you begin eh, I just think that uh you know all this nonsense going on in Washington right now to me that's an outrage people are done they don't want to hear this let's 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 start to do some things that are going to be beneficial uh to the the American people
2: Alan, what do you got? You know, for me, it just kind of hit home a little personally. What happened with Providence DPW with that noose that was left in the employee's car? Come on, man. You know, you're yeah, talking 2019, about- 2019, 2019. Right? I went through it, too. I had a, you know, similar type incident uh, during the gubernatorial campaign where someone hung my sign upside down by a noose. It's just that connotation, whether you're African-American, Chinese-American, or, you know, Caucasian, whatever, has no place in the society because that noose is a very- big symbolism of hatred in this country for every you know
1: American. Joe, so what do you got? Well, as you, you've heard, uh, there was damage done, or I should say, uh, 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 damage done to the Christopher Columbus statue. Uh, one council person, I heard that person with my own ears condone that behavior. Another one was, was playing Ginger Rogers, dancing back and forth. And what my outrage is that the elected officials who marched in the parade, not one of them said anything that that's outrageous what they did. So... You know, they're, they're, all those politicians, they were shaking hands and kissing babies, but they're all afraid to say something. So I said we can take the statue to Johnston, and quite frankly, um, maybe perhaps if those two council people, they condone that behavior, if they don't like Italo-Americans, maybe perhaps the Italo-Americans in the state should boycott the city of province when it comes to their restaurants, their theaters, and their malls.
0: Char- Charlie, maybe you could share custody with the
1: Columbus statue. What do you think? Oh, it could odd. be a that's shared, shared that's service. Johnson has the highest the American population in the country. Wow.
0: I was curious, we have a couple minutes left. As we're going to the General Assembly session in, in this coming, first of all, who was at that meeting with the governor you, that Which you morning? went up? For, on the Evergreen contract. Yes. All right. Did you go up to that meeting?
3: I didn't make it. All right.
0: right. So Joe, what? How was? You had a bunch of people up there, right? Well, there was
1: myself. I believe um, Joe Almond was there, and uh, Mayor Lausa was there, I think, and perhaps I think the best of my recollection was uh, Mayor Grebian.
0: And what did the governor say? Well,
1: she said she was going to look at it. We asked her. We I, we pleaded with her not to sign it. We asked her to really look at how it would really tie our hands, and she was going to look at it. And I did mention. I said, I, I quite frankly, my opinion is that if it, if it passes for municipal workers, the state workers are going to want the same thing, and I made that clear.
0: How did your legislative delegations, because you, you guys got to work with them. This is not the only
3: battle you have. You've got issues coming up. Did your guys vote for it? or They, they did, <clears throat> and we had then had a meeting with the, uh, the Speaker of the House. And by the way, I respect the Nick but um, I think what he <clears throat> tried to do when he met with us is maybe put the fire out. And my, my uh, statement to Nick the was— The die was
0: cast, though, yes. at, the, at the point but, that
3: you met with him, I it, right? also told him at that meeting, look, Nick, I don't want to debate this with you. I want to debate this with those uh, uh, elected officials, reps, and senators that supported this from our community. And I think there's where you know we could create a, a little bit of damage, and I think the timing right now, Jim. Think about this: two years ago, they want to pass this; it was an election year. And then right. there was a flip flop,
0: right? And, and then in it's a non-election
3: done. year. So if there's if there was ever a, a, a good time for us to pursue this, it's right now.
0: What about your legislative delegation? Oh yeah, there
2: they was because the dike was cast with the legislature because they passed it. Remember the first time around, and we were fortunate to secure the uh, veto from the governor before the election, right? But then, what's the change that happened? You know, post-election now, term limited, she signs the bill that, you, you know, weren't surprised at all. I wasn't surprised. I knew, probably from the gubernatorial, when she received the endorsement at NEA, AFL, I knew that the die was cast, and that's, you know, why, actually, I wasn't part of that meeting with the governor, but I did meet with the sen- uh, Senate president, as well as the speaker, and just let them know our concerns.
0: All right, quickly, we have just about 45 seconds left. What's the one thing you'd like to see at the legis going into the General Assembly legislation?
1: Uh, uh, no next- more unfunded mandates and, and, and more involvement of the mayors, managers and town administrators, at least get our opinion or at least make us feel good and, and talk to us.
3: Charlie, what do you think? We hit the g- ground running. I think all politics is local and I think that we need to have a seat at the table.
0: Good. Alan, What are you- coming up into the next session, what would you like to see? Any one piece of legislation? Reversal of this lifetime contract bill. Do you think that could get traction or not? Uh, what we'd like to see is an amendment
2: to it because we did that the prior year the firefighters dis- bill. We had some language that we'd like to propose and if they're willing to do that, then let's we'll see what they you know, see what they do.
0: Okay, gentlemen, it was a quick half hour. Thank you for joining us. Mayor Fung, Mayor Lombardi, Mayor Policena, go back to your communities and carry on. Folks, we'll be back here next week with a regular edition of Lively Experiment. We hope you had a great Thanksgiving weekend and join us back here next week as the lively experiment continues.
1: A Lively Experiment is generously underwritten by. For more than 30 years, A Lively Experiment
2: has provided insight and analysis of important political issues that face Rhode Islanders. I'm John
0: Hazen White, Jr., and I'm proud to support this great program and Rhode Island PBS.